0: You got a problem, you don't know what to do, your dreams are strange, and you're seeing things too, the world is full of mystery, life's more than you can see, you can't ask Pomegranate, you can't ask Pomegranate, she's a priestess.
1: Hi psychics and magicians and priests and priestesses welcome to the podcast today i want to talk a little bit about gender and um, the question of transgender is up in our culture a lot recently Um, as i record this bruce jenner has become caitlin jenner and there's been a lot of amazing things happening around that a lot of love and support and then also some criticism i'm not going to talk about the criticism but uh, what i want to talk about is the concept of gender as a magical experience and um i want us to talk about how gender from a magical point of view if you are thinking about the possibility of that you are multidimensional and that you have past lives and future lives and that you have been in different bodies many times, um, then we have to open our eyes to the idea that gender is something you've had experience of in a lot of different ways. And what I think we're understanding now, culturally, is this idea that the binary gender, in other words, that there's two genders, and there's female, and there's male, is a, a strange and interesting construct developed by people in order to oppress. I mean, all of these constructs are developed by people in order to oppress such things as you're a race, and you know Tony Morrison says there's no such thing as race. Uh, so does Bill Nye. He says uh, scientifically there's no such thing as race. Uh, so we've developed this idea of race when we're actually talking about subcultures. And we've I developed this idea of a binary gender, and this this is falling apart. This idea is falling apart. We've been I've been working on this idea magically for about 20 years now, and this idea that you are female or male doesn't doesn't hold together you in past lives you've been one or the other or or some other version and what if your gender could be described in so many different ways what if your gender was so fluid that it was impossible to even use the term he or she what if your gender was so fluid and so informed by so many different things not only your genitalia not only your hormonal washes while you're in the womb not only her hormonal journey as you go through life because your hormones shift and change as you go through life not only your structure of your dna and your chromosomes what if it was also oh I'm a shapeshifter or oh I'm a mermaid or you know what if you had a magical gender that involved some kind of mythological being where you were where you could shift from being a human body into a watery being or you could turn into a fire what if you're a djinn what if your gender is tree (laughs) <laughs> sometimes my gender is color sometimes I'm this particular color of green what if your gender was so fluid that the description of who you who you are in your body, that's what I think gender means right, who I am in my body how my body holds me the vessel which holds me uh, was not only so interesting and delicate and, and complex to be completely unique but also did not stay the same but f- was fluid moved up and down spectrums of all kinds, both magical, uh, actual gender. I mean, my gender is very fluid, it's fluid between, if we're talking about female to male, my gender is fluid between high, high female and, um, as my friend says, femme of steel, sort of like this incredibly powerful womanly self. Uh, so all the way from, you know, the high, almost what a drag queen would do to not, it's not butch. I don't ever go butch, but all the way down to I'm chopping some wood and mowing some lawns here and I'm doing it in the most fabulous feminine way. And that is a fluidity, by the way, people, (laughs) and I fly slide up and down it. What if your gender is fluid and could be anything in any given moment? How would that change your self-concept, the way you relate to people, the ideas, um, of misogyny would fall away And the world would change just by this simple act of opening your mind to the idea that you could be any gender you want, and that that gender is how you are in your body, and that that could be expressed in any way you want. That's true to you in that given moment. And that there were no expectations of you, and really that's kind of what it's about, right? We want to put people in little boxes and go, now we expect this of you, now get to work and be that thing that you're not. What if there were no expectations of you in any given moment, but just an interesting opening and surprise at the delightfulness of you in this moment your questions up next
0: you can ask pomegranate you can ask pomegranate
2: hi there my name is carolyn regard uh, i have a friend who's attending uh, mystery school here in portland oregon and i've been um from what I understand channeling her through my dreams and all of the practice that she's doing uh, and it's not something that I've thought out or wanted or looked for um, but the other night I had a dream uh, it was the night of the supermoon that uh, I was following the supermoon and standing underneath it and holding it um, and a woman approached me, this large um, figure she kind of came up out of the shadows and then as she got closer, I realized she was Sweet and warm and jolly and friendly, and she um, told me that that she was so happy to have found me because she was an actress playing the role of a medium in an up-and-coming production, and that I could show her how to communicate with spirits. And as she was telling me this, her pupils grew so large that her eyes turned completely black, um, and it flashed for just a second, and then I woke up because the imagery was so strong. Um, and I went to my friend who's in mystery school. She was also my massage therapist and um, had a massage with her the next day. Um, told her about my dream. We don't really think anything of it. And then she told me that um you, Paul McGrann, had come to her mystery school here in Portland as a guest speaker. Um, and that she she just fell head over heels for you. She thought that you were the best and so she told me I should listen to your podcast, and and so uh, we pulled up your podcast on um, on the computer, and you were the woman from my dream. You were the um, the actress playing the role of a medium. Um, and I've had a few more dream experiences like that, where they're very rooted in this woman's um, reality, who's who's going to school for witchcraft and for mystery. Um, it sent me on this journey to learn more about my own ancestry and I found that my grandmother side as a witch. My great grandfather was the head of an occult. Um, there they're of the Czech descent and so I'm finding it all very fascinating and I've always um, had a really good reputation, I guess, communicating with spirits, but I wanted to talk with you more about it. Um, I don't really know what to think of it. I'm pretty grounded. I own a business here in Portland. I am um, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's messing with my, my day-to-day reality a little bit. It's becoming kind of a nuisance. And I don't necessarily want it, but it seems to keep happening.
1: How much do I love that story? It's such a beautiful story. When you were describing the personality, the large figure with a jolly, uh, warm personality, I was like, she is having a dream about me. Uh, <laughs> and I, by the way, I am trained act i'm a trained actress i started training as an actress in my teens and uh did a number of professional trainings all through my teens because i thought all of this energy was going to go uh for acting but it turned out no it was for about being a priestess and also just to say when you want to become a priestess all you women out there and men um it's really good to get theater training it really works it really helps when you're a priestess all right so Uh, Yeah, you had a dream about me, and you came to a place, and I invite all of you who are listening to come to this place. You came to a place that I have created on the astral. In other words, it's not, you don't have to get up, leave your house, get dressed, pay me money. To come to this place, this school that I have, you can just go there um, and dream about me. It's my night school. And if you have dreams, then you're coming to my night school and um, learning about magic from me in your dreams. And it goes into you in a deeper level and will come out uh, in your life. It will change your life. And uh, it doesn't cost any money. There are karmic expenses, (laughs) which, you know, they're not bad. It's fine. You just have to be, you know, think well of me and support my energy and support my work uh, with your kind thoughts. That's the kind of cost. So, I invite you all to come, and uh, there's a lot of classrooms, and there's a lot of things to learn, and I'm happy to teach you, and that's the way that works. Uh, it's I like to, I put this on, I think she didn't even ask for it to come on, she was just trying to get a hold of me, but I wanted to put it on the podcast just so you could see uh, how the magic works, it just happens. It does its own thing. It opens up things in you that you don't expect to open up. And if you are psychic or magically aware, magically um, energized, or in other words, you know, you get vital life force from magic. Not everybody does. Some people get terrified by magic and have to run screaming. But if you get like, ooh, fun, interesting, intriguing, wonderful from magic, then Um, it will open the world up for you. And often when that happens, it does somewhat interrupt your life a little because suddenly you have this extra sensory perception. That's what we used to say in the 80s, ESP. (laughs) That's gone out the door, right? We don't say that anymore. Um, And that extra extra sensory perception asks you to evaluate the world from a different standpoint, which will change your opinion and thoughts about things. And part of why I put this podcast out is giving you tools to be able to cope with those changes when you start to get more psychic. How do you cope with it? So, um, I think think it's sort of a common thing among psychics, at least the ones I know, that none of us really want it or like it. You know, and if someone really wants it or likes it, there's something amiss because it's it's not comfortable, it's, it's irritating. You know, it's irritating to know stuff that you're not supposed to know, it's irritating to uh, feel other people's feelings because, you know, other people's feelings are not usually just happy feelings. They're usually irritated or angry, they're unresolved feelings that are sticky and icky. Um, and it's not comfortable um, having a strong intuition about a thing. Uh, and knowing that's a big no when everybody else is like it's a big yes, so these are uncomfortable things. however, why is it valuable? It's valuable because hey well, you know I don't know how people who aren't psychic navigate the world i don't I can't figure out how they make decisions. How do you know? you know I would have bought a house in um, two thousand and seven <laughs> that was lo- I know it was a long time ago now, but two thousand and seven was right before the crash of the economy. And I would have lost my house, but I used psychic ability to go, no, you're not going to buy a house and don't ask for a year. And that was a, good, that was a good thing. And I listened to that advice and I did not buy a house and uh, thank God. So I don't know how you navigate your life without these abilities. It's crunchy and as difficult as they are. Um, They're so valuable and I just wanted to show that that I don't know this woman, I've never met her uh, as an illustration of how magic works. And the trick I will tell you around psychic ability is try not to resist it. Uh, Try to just go, I am getting information, I don't understand it, I don't have to interpret it. Just write it down and then get it out, get it through and then figure out what it means later because the more you resist it the more painful and difficult it is and the practice is that you get to know yourself really well, get to know how you feel, get to know what your thoughts are, get to know what your uh, intuition says. And, and then when the new information comes in, you can differentiate between this is my experience, this is what I woke up with today, and this is what is coming, incoming. This is information incoming. Um, and then the one other thing I want to say about that experience that you had um, with the moon, that is a call, that's a powerful act, and it's a magical act, and it's something witches have been doing for forever. I think it. I, I think first religion started with the moon um, and it's this uh, because the moon re- regulated everything and we knew and we knew as women our cycles were regulated by it so we were like the moon is full I'm I am ovulating the moon is uh, Juan and I am menstruating. And so we notice these things and we beca- we begin to develop a worship around it. And, and what that act that you experienced with the supermoon was the power of we call drawing down the moon, which is calling the power of the moon into our lives and into our energy field and into our bodies. And the moon is, regulates our bodies. So when we're drawing down the moon, what we're doing is we're invoking the power of the moon into our own bodies, into our lives, and really into the world. And it's something you do on the full moon. And it's basically just calling the moon, the, 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 the full moon down and you're calling the power of the Moon, which is the power of manifestation in the Tree of Life, Nothing gets manifest on earth before it goes to the moon. It goes to the moon, and then it becomes manifest on earth So it's the power of manifestation It's the power of healing It's the power of wellness. No harm can come to you when you're in the moon energy. It's the power it's the mystery of the waters and That is what we're invoking and it's that gentle soft white light of the deep night And that's what you were doing in your dream and any Anybody can do that. Um, Just wait for the full moon. And when you wait for the full moon, you go out and stand underneath the moon and you just call it down. And you know how you kind of do that anyway, don't you? When you see the moon and you go, look at the moon. That's our little mini modern way of invoking and calling down the moon. Uh, There's a book by Margot Adler, right? Famous, beautiful, amazing Margot Adler called Drawing Down the Moon, which I highly recommend. Hey, gang. Did you know about the fourth annual Northwest Magic Conference that happens in Portland, Oregon? It's April 16th and 17th, 2016. Now if you're listening to this recording after that, don't worry, there's another one coming up next April. It's annual. It's the annual Northwest Magic Conference and it's fantastic. You want to go. It's a gathering of witches, priests and priestesses, healers, psychics, magicians, wizards, mystics, fairies, and other magical beings all getting together in Portland Oregon Uh, this year 2016 the keynote speaker is Mary Kay Greer the fabulous uh, writer about the Tarot she also wrote a great book called women of the Golden Dawn I highly recommend it early bird prices and march 31st so get in there get your registration come see me i'll be teaching three classes also i'll be doing tarot card readings plus there's a marketplace it's so fun listen it's my one of the highlights of my year get your butt to the northwest magic conference northwestmagicconference.com find it see you there This person wished to remain anonymous, but they want to know
3: about anger. Specifically, how can you express anger with someone without cursing them? If someone behaves badly towards others when not dealing with their own stuff, how can you be compassionate and draw a firm boundary, letting them know it wasn't okay?
1: Why is being angry with someone not the same as cursing them? Because it is not. It is in no way is having anger towards someone the same as cursing someone. Um, Being angry is your right. It's one of the feelings that you have in your body that reports to you that something is not going correctly. There is no wrong emotion. All emotions are good and fine and helpful and useful and important. And I cannot state that strongly enough. (laughs) They are equally valuable and I will just name them one more time, happy, sad, angry, afraid, disgusted, surprised, or shocked. Those are all equally valuable and important, and let's just talk about anger. Sometimes the most compassionate thing you can do for someone is to be angry with them and express it directly to them. In fact, to express your anger to someone directly, is probably the most invested, loving behavior you can do for someone. In fact, it is so compassionate, it's not even funny. Uh, because why would you express your anger to someone you didn't care about? If you're angry with someone and you're setting a boundary with them, you're giving them the most supreme, vulnerable act of love you can. It is, in fact, the polar opposite of a curse. It's actually Blessing them, and I know that's not how we think of blessings because we have this sort of Christian angelic um, Celestials singing angels feeling about a blessing, but actually in human terms, that's what we are uh, Blessing someone can be like you're doing this thing and I'm not gonna let you do it anymore It is unacceptable. No If you don't do that for someone you're giving them the false impression that their behavior is okay. And if their behavior is not okay, um, how is that nice? How is that kind? How is that a kindness to let someone behave in a way that is absolutely not okay? It's not a kindness. All it means is that they're going to get shunned. You're going to shun them after a time. You're going to leave them or stop being around them. So, when we're doing it, it's a huge investment, and I only do that with people who I really want in my close-in circle. So if I'm going to have to, if I'm, this, listen up, people who I love, if I'm expressing anger to you, it's because you're that important to me, okay? Because otherwise, I'm just going to withdraw. That's my my choice. When I'm around people and I don't like their behavior, and I'm not that invested in them I'm not going to say a word to them I'm just going to go hmm that pissed me off I think I'll withdraw that's my MO because you know what you're not close enough in and I don't want to use my energy to invest in you. You're showing me who you are, I'm going to withdraw from you. So if I'm expressing anger to someone, I am like saying, you're really important to me, you're really close in my circle, this is being jeopardized by this behavior, and I'm letting you know I don't like this, and I really need it to change. that's a huge important investment from me. So it's an actually incredible act of loving kindness to set a boundary with someone directly. Now, anger is fine. Being an asshole about it is not fine. (laughs) So, you know, you get to be angry, but you have to talk about yourself. You can't, here's the, here's the thing. Here's where it starts to slide into cursing. When you start shredding someone's character or you hold them in contempt or um, those two things are cursing behaviors so when i'm contemptuous of someone and uh, or i start saying well that's their character you know that's they're just this is i mistake their behavior for their character people people's behavior is people's behavior and people and behavior is in their inside of their ability to um influence. And you make a choice with your behavior, and I don't like that behavior, but the person, you know, the Dalai Lama will tell you, the person's the person. The person is equally as good as you are, regardless of their behavior. So their value as a human doesn't diminish. Your willingness to be around them might diminish. Your investment in them by expressing anger, and that's, that's from the water body. That's from the emotional body. That is from magically, anger is actually from the West, if you can believe that. doesn't seem like it would be. Seem seemed like it would be from the fire body, right? From the fire part of yourself. But it's actually from the West. All of those emotions are in the water. All of those emotions are about being a sack of ocean wa- walking around. That's what you are. The salinity in your body is equal to the salinity in the ocean. You have as much salt in your water, the water of your body, as the ocean has, because you're made out of the ocean, and so you are an expression of the ocean. You're an expression of that those waves and the energy that the tumultuous waves on top when there's a storm, which is when you're having a lot of emotion. That's what it is, but always deep down below in the depths of who you are is that calm deep. Knowing. So we don't bother we in this culture don't have a lot of respect for that tumultuous experience. So we always try to get rid of those feelings. But actually, if you just address them, the winds will calm down. <laughs> so when you're angry, you get to be angry. You don't have to even just be angry by yourself so that the person doesn't get cursed. Be angry with the person or be angry with your friend and just be like, I'm angry. And there's a there's a story about the First Nations people that If a woman comes to the circle and sits and complains we listen carefully and we do that a second time but if she comes a third time we say to her that's enough resolve your problem so if you find yourself sort of chronically cranky about a problem you need to figure out a way to resolve it and so that goes back to the question of removing yourself from the influence or Investing in the influence. And that's the question you really have before you when you're angry and that water body is really acting, that energy of the West is really in your life and it's like a stormy West. It's a stormy storm on the sea feeling. It's like you are up, to, it's up to you to resolve the problem you're having either by engaging with the person in a way that you own your experience. So you don't get to go to them and say, you're such an idiot. I can't believe how stupid you are. That's the act of cursing. It's it's pa- papering them with those words of name calling is a curse, right? You're stupid. I can't believe how dumb you are. Blah, 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 blah. You don't, mm mm-mm, mm-mm. You get to say, I don't like this behavior. This behavior injures our relationship. I will not want to be around this behavior very much longer. I need you to make a choice about whether or not you're gonna continue with this behavior, because if you are, I'm going to withdraw myself from this relationship or I'm going to modify our relationship to the point where uh, it's going to be a very different one. So see, those are different. Now if you're talking about being angry with someone you're not in a relationship with, then what's happening is you're trying to you're not in a relationship with them and you're still angry because of a thing that happened. Um, That's that can be a fine thing to just know that you're angry about a thing and you're not resolved about it, and you may never get resolved about it. That's fine, you don't have to resolve your anger when you get injured. Sometimes you're just mad forever. Like, I'm I don't know if my my sisters don't listen, so it doesn't really matter, but I'm still mad at my mom. My poor old sainted mother is dead. My, I love her so much. And I've forgiven her, but I'm still mad at her. (laughs) I don't know that I'm going to stop being mad at her. I'm mad because there's a way in which I still don't quite understand how the way she treated me hurt me. I'm still unfolding that. And so I'm still mad. I'm still having to say that influence was bad. It was good. All the good stuff is really still very, very good. My mother was amazing and all that was really good. I'm talking about the injury. That was bad, and I'm not, not mad about it. I'm still mad about it because I still don't fully understand it. I don't, It isn't fully unfolded to me how my self-concept was injured by her, and it was. It was injured by her, and I know why, and I'm compassionate to her, and I love her, and she was amazing, and I'm still mad at her. Oh, I was so mad at her. Now I'm I'm less mad. So I'm giving myself room to let it unfold, you know. And so that's not cursing my mother. She's fine. She my, I'm like, mm, don't like that. Don't like the way you, you know, you know. She was born in 1923. She's gonna be a misogynist, right? So that's okay. It's not about making the anger go away. There are some injuries that you will never resolve. You will always be angry about, or you'll always be sad about. When my, I'm also always going to be sad that my mom's dead. I'm never going to not be sad about that. When someone you love dies, you never stop being sad about that because you're always trying to accept it. So it's really when we get into name-calling, character assassination, vicious gossip, not plain gossip. I'm going to tell you something that actually happened. That's plain gossip. Vicious gossip is I take that information and I ruin someone's character over it and I wouldn't say it in front of them. Um, When you won't say it in front of them, then you're vicious gossiping, right? Uh, Gossip is important too for working things out. So anger is fine. How you, what you do with that anger is up to you. And if if you wouldn't say the thing to the person, then you need to realize you're probably doing some injury to them. So feel free to be angry. Angry is not where cursing comes from anyway. Cursing comes from your ego. Cursing comes from your ego because your ego tries to control the situation, control how you look to everybody. And so you're, you create a story and paint a story for yourself um, that creates a story about the other person that is negative. And, um,. But you get to tell the truth about what happened to you. You get to tell your story. If something happened to you and it's a true story, you get to tell that. And that is not cursing. That's telling the truth. So it's not about this floating through the air, Pollyanna, celestial realm, la, 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 singing in lights thing. Um, I've, I've been so angry at people that I've told them very directly about their behavior. And I probably, they will always thank me for that. And that is my act of love for them. Okay, so there you go. That's that's so be angry. If you're angry, you're angry. I just want to say one little word about the concept of hostility. Hostility is an energy that is not the same as anger, and uh, if it's subtle but it's true, you can see the difference. Um, angry is like, oh, I'm so angry, I don't like that. And hostility is, I'm gonna get them, I'm gonna stop them, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get revenge or I'm going to stop them or I'm going to get them nothing inherently wrong with hostility hostility is from the fire body hostility is essential for self-preservation and protection the animal body produces it and the, the fire body produces it as a way to support and protect you. And uh, it is where the feeling of revenge comes from, however. Revenge is never a good thing. But sometimes you have to stop, you know, there's an ongoing problem and you have to stop it. You have to, you know, get criminalized activity or you have to do protective magic or you have to put your energy into something that is wrong and you want to stop it. Any spells that you're doing that are about stopping racism, you have to use your hostility to do that. And it's a powerful and important thing. And that is also can be used for cursing and usually is used for cursing when you're into revenge mode or um, shoring up your ego mode. And so be careful with that. But that's that energy, that outgoing, hostile energy. Use it wisely. It's yours. It belongs to you. It's your birthright. Use it wisely. 520-222-9922-9922
0: 520 222 9922
3: Hi, Pomegranate. I was wondering if you would be interested in talking about um, discernment and judgment and your definitions of them and how they relate to each other. I um, think of myself as an introverted person and often am met with, I guess, judgment about what others call my judgment of people and I would call discernment um, because I'm trying to pick and choose who I spend my time and energy with and... Um, sort of this question of acceptance comes up. Um, So, I would love to hear you uh, your thoughts about that. Thanks. Bye.
1: Excellent question. Um, I'm an extrovert. I have 51% of me is extroverted, so I'm slightly more extroverted than introverted. However, I'm also an introvert. I'm a painter and a writer and so when you are these things you must be comfortable with spending time alone and you must want to spend time alone so i understand both of those things i think that there is probably much more of a spectrum of these things than is currently in popular culture Uh, i see a lot of postings on facebook that are about how to handle an extrovert and how to handle an introvert and it's always like introverts are always referred to as if they're mentally ill or something or like they're just like these delicate little creatures who no one should ever talk to and it's like no (laughs) that ain't it um to be introverted just means that your energy to get recharged you want to be alone and to extrovert is to get recharged you want to be around people and it's possible to be both i mean in fact i am both so as an introvert your choice of um Being alone to get recharged is just that you just need energy and the only way you'll get it is if you're not around people So that's good. Nothing wrong with that Um, Now if you are socially more interested and this is a different topic uh, If you're socially more interested in smaller groups or fewer people or a very select small group of people from whom you carefully choose to spend your time with that's being discerning and um you know the thing is, there's a lot of people in the world and they have a lot of different agendas. and if you are sensitive and you're you pick up a lot on other people's energy and you absorb their emotions, as we were talking about this problem of being an empath, or you pick up psychically on whatever is going on with them, whatever behaviors they keep in the shadows, you psychically know about, then you're gonna want to be discerning about who you spend time with. So this is sort of less of a problem of you being an introvert, because introvert, eh, whatever, go spend time alone, who cares, right? That's fine, you get to have time alone, you get to have time with people. But you also get to be very discerning about who you spend your time with because uh, some of the studies they've been doing lately is this question of who influences you, right? And I'm, I'm always thinking about this problem of who influences me? Who do I allow into inside of my spheres of influences? And you have seven spheres of influences starting with the core influence which is you and whatever you believe in your higher power um and that is that's the main influence in your life and then the next influence that is going to be you know you and your life partner you and your mother and father when you're a child and you and the most important very most core essential people of your life and it keeps going out from there and as you go out, there, people in your life are less and less and less um, influential on you. However, if they're inside your spheres, they're influencing you. So, you know, and it goes out seven wa- ways. So you're very close people, you're very, very good friends, good friends, friends, uh, friendly acquaintances, acquaintances. All of the people inside of that sphere, which will be about 100, between 150 to 200 people, are going to influence you and they're going to basically shape who you are so you don't you do not have any power over whether or not they influence you okay you cannot stop them from influencing you you have zero power over that what you do have power over is whether or not you allow them to be inside those spheres and then once you decide yes you get to be inside my spheres then you get to have the power of deciding where They are how close in and this is you decide that because you have a thing called boundaries. I'm going to say a thing about boundaries. Boundaries are there because when we have boundaries we are what we're actually doing is offering and a surface of contact. You're actually saying here is the way you can relate to me. Here is my boundary. That is how you can relate to me. Without boundaries you are actually not able to relate to me. So if I'm, and I have been this person, if I'm going about life and I have no boundaries and anybody can walk in my front door and anybody can be my friend and anybody who decides they want to be in my life is in my life, they're not actually getting to know me but they are inside my in spheres of influence and they are changing who I am so that I become more like them. And s- recent studies say that not only are your friends influencing you, but your friends' friends are influencing you. Even if you've never met them, they are influencing you. Isn't that interesting? So this, this is just, we go back to the, the magical nature of the universe, which is interconnectedness, and so that we notice that everything is interconnected. It's just a question of what do you want close in, and what do you want farther out? And you want friends who have good friends, (laughs) okay? You want to be discerning not only about your friends, but your friends' friends. And so if your friends have a bunch of crappy, dumbass, sort of whatever, stoned or drunk friends, you're gonna be like, I'm, I will be anyway, more like, yeah, you're gonna go farther out in my spectrum because I actually want friends with good friends. That's my standards. My standards are really high. And they're high partly because I, I attract a lot of people and so I get to be super picky, but I actually think they're, hot, they're that I get to be super picky I get a lot of friends because I'm super picky <laughs> So the more the pickier I am about whether or not that person's Influencing me or not the more people are attracted to me the better Boundaries you have the more people want to be around you because they can feel that you're safer that you have more discernment more quality and that you're becoming a, a high quality person um, individual because of the high quality require of people. Um, my, I think I've said this before, but Maya Angelou talks about how um, who she would let in her house and wouldn't let in her house. Where people, um, because she said, you know, people come in and they say things and they do things, and it goes into the floor and the pillows and the curtains. The the energy of the person coming into your home goes into your life and lives there. And that's why when you enter a home you get a certain feeling from it. It doesn't really matter how it looks. My house currently right now is under construction. It looks terrible. I mean, the open ripped walls and ceilings falling down. but. Nobody, not, no, people don't even notice it, they come in and they just feel how comfortable and good and warm and nice it is and they always say, what a beautiful house. Some, Maybe some of them are just being kind, but I think mostly they're just feeling how nice my home feels. And so that's because I don't let people in who aren't a positive influence in my life. So please be discerning, please be highly discerning. Um, to be judgmental is to decide something about someone that you don't have evidence for. So um, you've decided this person is like this and uh, because, I don't know, you're projecting onto them or it's going through your filters or, you know, your mother raised you to be a misogynist and so she's female and she's successful so you're a misogynist towards her. You you, you, you don't like her because she's successful or, you know, who knows any number of reasons why. So you're having this opinion about someone, uh, you know, for shallow reasons is another thing like, you know, because of the way they look or because of their class or because of, God help us all, because of the color of their skin. Oh my God, racism, can there be any greater uh, expression of self-hatred than racism? People, we're all from Africa, we all have dark skin in our ancestors. If you see dark skin, you're seeing the skin of your ancestors. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I just have want to have a moment of preaching to your choir, <laughs> which is we need to just like really let that one go people who have dark skin look just like your great, great 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 grandma okay? That's your grandma you're looking at. So let's send her some love in the form of loving and protecting. And that's our job, choir, is to protect people uh, with dark skin in this culture because they are constantly harassed and subtly attacked and then grossly attacked. And We need to be on the case on that. So if you ever see it, you have to protect your grandma. If you ever hear it, you have to protect your grandma and uh, otherwise you have to be super hyper polite as if you're talking to your grandmother when you encounter people of color otherwise you know you're just we're a part of the problem all right speech sorry choir speech is over <laughs> sermon on that racism is over but I just oh, it's driving me crazy all right back to the topic of judgmental so be aware if you're being judgmental now when are you not being judgmental and you're having judgment and one of the things that we discount as evidence for my judgment is your intuition. Your intuition is going to give you information about people. And that is usable, important, valuable information. And you do, know not, do not need to have your brain understand it or have your brain come up with a reason why. You just need to know in your gut when you meet a person, and this is the most valuable, time to use your intuition is when you're meeting people and they want to become a part of your life or your friends are like no but they're okay come on let's go hang out with them and you're like I don't know I don't like them here's what I want you to understand your gut once again I'll say to you it says three things yes no maybe and so when you meet a person you're going to get a green light red light yellow light okay and we follow that. So, green light is, yeah, I'll get to know them a little better. Red light is, I want to leave them, I, is no, they're not for me. And yellow light is, no, they're not for me. <laughs> it's like stop. Be pre- be prepared to stop. You're not ready to stop now, but be prepared to stop, right? Yes, no, maybe. No maybe means no. So, when you meet a person, you your friends might love them and you might be like, "Yeah, they love them. I'm going to disregard my own discernment here or my own judgment here." Don't. Be the one, stick to your guns on this. If you don't like someone, stick to it. If you don't want to spend time with them, don't so you just have to say to your friend who is sort of saying no come on let's go hang with I want all my friends together and I want to hang out with Joey just say I'm not comfortable with Joey I know you like them but they're not for me and then stick to that and just say I'm sure they're perfectly lovely it's just that I just don't feel comfortable you don't have to explain it other than that It's like, well why if they're doing well why come on then they're they're actually kind of bullying you a little. But the thing is, or you or you have a bossy friend, I am a bossy friend, and I will make you say no to me three times. And you can tell the difference between a bully and a boss is when you say no to them three times, a bossy person will stop on after the third time. They'll go, oh, okay, I guess you're really not going to, whereas a bully won't. If you just, that's a little tip for you. I'm bossy, sometimes people think I'm a bully, but actually I will stop after three times, and I will ask you three times to make sure. Don't ask me, I don't know, I'm bossy. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's really good for people to have a bossy friend. so there you go so yes please use your discernment use your judgment and try not to be judgmental and your gut will often tell you yeah that person's great well your mind's going no she's a bitch because um but you got to listen to your gut on that one because it'll also correct for that judgmentalness okay all right so that's your use your intuition stick to your guns keep your boundaries and put the person, if you don't like them, into acquaintance or friendly acquaintance. And If you really don't like them, they can go into the outer darkness. That's what I like to call the place where I, you don't influence me at all, because I choose not to have that influence in my life. You are made up of the people in your life the number one influence in your life is going to be the person that you are a spouse to if you are a person chooses to get married, that person is the number one influence far bigger far bigger than Anybody else including your parents that person you will influence you So that's the most important decision you're going to make and but then your good friends are really important, too and it gets less important when at the farther out we go so Take responsibility for who you're becoming by taking responsibility for who you're allowing in your life. Hey gang, did you know about the fourth annual northwest magic conference that happens in portland oregon it's april 16th and 17th 2016 now if you're listening to this recording after that don't worry there's another one coming up next april it's annual it's the annual northwest magic conference and it's fantastic you want to go it's a gathering of witches priests and priestesses healers psychics magicians wizards mystics fairies and other magical beings all getting together in Portland, Oregon uh, this year 2016 the keynote speaker is Mary Kay Greer the fabulous uh, writer about the Tarot she also wrote a great book called women of the golden dawn I highly recommend it early bird prices and March thirty first, so get in there, get your registration, come see me. I'll be teaching three classes. Also, I'll be doing tarot card readings. Plus, there's a marketplace. It's so fun. Listen, it's my one of the highlights of my year. Get your butt to the Northwest Magic Conference. northwestmagicconference.com dot Find it. See you there. Hi pomegranate. This is Erin Yankee. I'm interested
2: in the difference between surrendering and quitting or giving up.
1: Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Bye. That's an intriguing question. I think I catch your meaning because, I mean, when I start thinking about those words, I can apply so many different things. But I think you mean surrendering as in, I give it over, and quitting as in, I, I can't do it, I give up, I can't do it, I quit. And so, um, and that's the way I'm going to approach this question, because uh, I, once I start thinking about words, I can go all over the place, but <laughs> I'll stick with those definitions. Um, I think c- quitting can be a willful act. It can be uh, a decision that comes out of the part of you that that is like, oh, I quit, you know, I don't. I'm not giving. The, I'm giving up. I, I can't do it. That kind of feeling of overwhelm, um, and I don't know that. I don't know that they're not both valuable, and I don't know that they don't both go to the same place. What I know about surrender is that surrender is kind of a. It's sort of a relief. You get this kind of relief, this sort of sweet feeling, of um, turning it over to your higher power, of letting go of of finding yourself in a place of needing to dominate a situation or feeling like you're responsible for a situation you can't possibly take responsibility for. And, um suddenly realizing oh my god I'm trying to have power over a situation I have no power over and it's making me crazy I this is my primary way of making myself crazy is I try to have in fact I'm in a recovery program for this um (laughs) I did 12 steps for this one um is trying to control Something I have no control over and my favorite thing that I try to control which I cannot control is Other people especially the way that they're thinking especially the way that they're thinking about me These are my these are the things that I eat to this very day will find myself suddenly when I'm feeling uncomfortable or crazy I'm like wait a minute. What am I doing? What am I trying to control that? I can't control and to surrender is to come to a place of Acceptance you come to a place of accepting that you don't have power over this situation that you don't um, You can't control and that trying to control is making you uncomfortable if not really not mentally well Like I can I can get to a full-blown Mentally ill state (laughs) through 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 trying to control shit. I don't have no power over so um, Suddenly you come to this place of realizing. Oh, I'm not in charge and well, so then my question then is to myself, well, who is it? What is in charge and what I know through living my life this way through the through surrendering a lot all the time is that there is something uh, beautiful and elegant about the universe that there is something uh intrinsically supportive of me in the universe, I call that the goddess because I like that word as a feminist to say the goddess, but I don't really care what you say. You can say Jesus, I can call it Jesus, I can call it the Gaia. Um, uh, people are like to say the word universe now. I think universe is too small a word for it. Um, uh, the nature of reality, you know, Allah. Go on, say whatever word you want. Um, there's something intrinsically beautiful about the nature of reality that is supportive of me. I know that because I got born and then someone took care of me and I'm still alive today. and I seem to have a breath in my lungs whenever I need it, and that when I die i'll I'll surrender to the earth. so, you see, I, I feel this support and I, can, I have a thousand, I have more evidence for that than any other thing in my life. I have more evidence for love and support than any other thing. And so as I come to this place of I am not in charge, I don't have to take responsibility for this. Um, what is, ah, the nature of the universe, the nature of the reality, Jesus, Allah, God, the goddess. That's what I like to say, the goddess. The goddess is in charge of this one, so then I can say, I surrender to you, <laughs> I surrender, and I give this to you to take care of. Um, I give this to you to to take this problem on. And in my life and in my core practice of magic, that's probably the number one thing I do. That is probably the number one magical act that I choose. And honestly, you're not even going to believe how much I do that. Like. Everything you know, I I don't I don't take responsibility for much Uh, I take responsibility for my behavior once I receive Everything that I'm going to receive. So, like I was saying, air, food, love, water, a couch, you know, <laughs> cash, whatever I'm going to receive, then I have the responsibility, and this is something I get to choose um, as long as I have enough health to do it. Um, then I have the responsibility about how I behave. How, what do I do with that resource? How do I bring the emotions that I'm having? Uh, how do I? What do I? How do I channel them and move them through me? How do I take this money and this wealth and give that away, uh, or keep it, depending on what's happening? That's when I'm responsible. I'm responsible for what I receive, and so that's my magical health act. And whatever else I have to do, I surrender. Receiving what I don't have, I surrender that. What I can't, what I too, I've gotten too much, I surrender that. I mean, I have to surrender almost everything, and and pray for guidance. And when I don't know what to do, that's what I do. I pray for guidance, and so that's that act of surrender. It's like receiving what I do have and knowing what to do with it, and if I don't know what to do with it, then I surrender that. If there's this problem and I have uh, power over it, and is, and is, then is it my job? Because there's a lot of problems, right? There's a lot, a lot, a lot of problems. And is it my job to be on the front lines of whatever problem is? I don't know. If it's my job, I'll do it. If it's not my job, I won't do it. And if it's not my job, I surrender it. Whatever problem I come across, I have to know is this my business? And if it is my business, what is my action? And if it is, and if I do have an action, I also have to ask, what is the simplest, smallest act I can take that would fulfill this? That's really key. Take, taking the simplest act you can and not overcomplicating things—that's very important to do because when you get overcomplicated, that's when you tend to want to quit, right? So is this my business what at, what is the simplest act I, I can take to to solve this problem for myself or the situation i'm in and whatever else is beyond that i surrender i let go and i i have to know what i'm surrendering to so you got to know what you're surrendering to and it has to be bigger than you and That's like sort of almost everything. Almost everything is bigger than you. You're just really little. Human, you are a puny little thing, and your brain is even punier, and your brain is very limited. When your brain thinks it's responsible for everything and tries to take over the universe, you have to remind it, brain, you're limited. You only know what you've been programmed to know (laughs) and everything is being filtered through that programming little brain. So the brain ain't any good at controlling the universe. (laughs) thinks it is and wants to. You're not much bigger because you're just a human. Um, You have the power of prayer. You have the power of cursing. You have the power of breath. You have the power of energy exchange and influence. You have all those powers. Use them wisely. Don't ever curse. Stupid. Um, You have that. I mean, you're going to curse accidentally. Pay attention to that and retrieve them. Uh, That's another podcast. I already did that one. So what I want you you to remember about surrender is it's about really just knowing how how much power you have in any given moment and whatever you don't have. Surrender. Let it go to something bigger than you. And it's important to know that mostly everything is bigger than you. So it can be, you know, I don't know, pick something. Pick something that works for you, that resonates with you, that's an image that works for you. So that's what surrender is. I mean, quitting, um, Quitting is often willful, um, is often in a huff, it's often an attempt to make a boundary and you can make a boundary. I've quit plenty of things. Um, usually I've quit because I've overextended and didn't realize it wasn't my business and quit. As sort of like a desperate act and then later went, oh yeah, that was actually right and now I have to surrender. So quitting is only, is like you've gotten your ass in too far, you're doing too much work, you're too involved, you're taking too much responsibility for a situation you have no power over, and finally you're so frustrated that you just quit. And then now the to get into a place of serenity, which is what you're looking for, right? We're always looking for a place of serenity, because when we're serene, that's when we do our best. And so, when you, once you've quit, you probably got yourself out of something you shouldn't have been in. Now, how do you find serenity? What can you let go of? And if you're feeling sad, you're feeling sad because your body is trying to accept a situation you have no power over. So what can you let go of? What should you overextend? What should you overdo? And if you're feeling bitter... Okay, listen to me, codependence. If you are feeling bitter, it's because you're doing too much, you've overextended, and you're you're mad. Bitter is just a way of being mad. If you're resentful, that's just mad. Mad is so we can say what boundary is being violated, and I will tell you, most boundaries that are being violated, you are violating violating on yourself. There there are times when we're getting violated, but most situations, almost all of them, you're doing it to yourself. So what are you overextending and overdoing? What boundary do you need to draw? Boundaries are the power of air. Air is the east. The east is the place of edges. Boundaries saying no to what you don't want yes to what you do want and when you can say no And yes to something is also when you can allow in inspiration Which is the other power of the East when you can say no to something then when you're saying yes You're saying yes to the truest thing for you and that's where we can get in touch with inspiration that feeling of (gasps) I know, inspiration is literally means to breathe in, and that feeling, you know that feeling of like, oh, I know, this is it, and that's that's the place we want to be moving out of. We want to be moving, moving out, you know, what I mean is we move from, I want my life to move from insp- through inspiration. I want to be inspired and move everything in my life around through inspiration. We only get to inspiration if we can say no to what we don't want and yes to what we do want. And we can only say no and yes when we know that we're backed by something bigger than ourselves and it's not our puny little brain trying to navigate its way through. And going back to the question of intuition, yes, no, maybe we talked about earlier, that is you in direct connection with your higher power. Your higher power does not talk through your brain very much. Okay, inspiration will talk through your brain if you let it, but mostly your higher power is pretty simple. It just goes through your gut, through the yellow part of your body, which is the, the uh, will chakra, the yellow chakra, the gold chakra, right through there. And you will either be wo- moving willfully through that chakra, which is, I'm, I want this, I'll do this, my brain tells me this, I have this ambition, I want these things, that's willfulness, oh, Damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead, you know, like doesn't matter what's happening or what the evidence is in this situation or what the signs and portents are. We're going to do it because my will wants it. You can either be moving out through that or you can be moving out of intuition, which says, I'm feeling a yes on this. I'm feeling a no on this. I'm feeling a maybe on this. And you get that gut feeling. That's your higher power talking to you. So when we do that consistently and we follow the gut and we say no, that means the yeses are amazing. And you're not, you don't get bitter, angry, and resentful, and sad. You just go, hey, that's not working out. That's all right. My gut said no anyway. Let's go this way. And then we're getting the yeses. What we're looking for is that sweet spot where we really feel the yeses in life. And that's what Joseph Campbell calls following your bliss. He's talking about following your inspiration. Inspiration should lead. Ambition should support it. Ambition should not lead. It's not the leader in our lives. Ambition can be come out of any number of things, including mostly our egos. So you want to have your inspiration, which is that feeling of connectedness with something bigger than yourself, that (sighs) that feeling, followed by the ambition, which gets your ass through the little blumpy bits. Okay? So yeah, I mean, I hope that made sense. Quitting? Follow up. If you, if you like quitting on something, follow up. I, I, uh, you might just need to adjust things. Um, you might just be doing the right thing, but the wrong way. I had to do that recently. I was doing the right thing, but the wrong way. I was working too hard. I worked too hard. So I just needed to work less. And then, oh, it was fine. My situation was fine. Okay. Thank you for that question.
0: You can ask pomegranate. You can ask pomegranate.
1: Well, here's what I know. Magic is real and if you open to it, if you allow it in, it will change your life. It will you'll see it, you'll dream it and you'll be it. Thanks for listening.